evening. Hi. Hello. How are you? Welcome to the Cousins Keeper. <laughs> Welcome to my Cousins Keeper. I am Jacqueline Renee. And I'm Danielle. All right. And this is episode four. Yes, episode four. Back in the building. Yes, yes, yes. So, cousin, let's catch up. Yeah. How are you? Okay, I'll go my week. Um, my week was pretty good. Uh, pretty busy with work. Um, I don't know. I really, it was really one of those weeks where it was just all about grinding it out because I had done a good bit of travel on the front end of this week, like last weekend and last week. Um, and then I'll be traveling again this weekend for work. So this was one of those just grinded out weeks because, you know, I've been kind of chilling a little bit and then I got some travel coming up. So just getting after the work and uh, trying not to, you know, get into the cups or the bottles during the week because it was a little bit stressful, but got through it. TGIF. All right. I know that's right, girl. I think that is right. What about um, you? So my week was pretty decent. Well, you know what? I'm, let me take that back. I'm going to say it was probably a grinding week, too, because it was just a long, tired week. Mm. For me, um... Cause it was like I didn't have a break from my child. <laughs> um, her dad had went out of town, so it was me and her over the weekend. And typically, I use my weekends to like recoup, maybe try to clean up a little, take mm-hmm. some, you know, me time. But um, it wasn't too bad. We um, did our daily routine, and um, but today I did call off work. And I enjoyed my day getting in bed. Okay, it was so awesome. So okay, it was much needed. Self care. <laughs> yes, you gotta do the self care. It is, it's crucial. Definitely true. crucial. True, true. Uh huh. Uh-huh. All right, all right. I feel that. So, um, all right. Without any further ado, do we want to kind of get into tonight's topic? Yes. Let's let's just hop on in it. All right, so, so yeah, um, forewarning for the good folks out there, good family, it's going to be a tad bit heavy tonight, um, but I think it's been a heavy week, so it's not going to be um, too off-brand, um, but ironically, I guess we can say we, you know, had some topics that we have been floating around, talking about back and forth, and one of them um, was life after loss. Um, and you know, how you kind of cope with that and come back from that. And, um, I guess we realized, you know, it might be appropriate to discuss that this week with the loss of Nipsey Hussle. Um, he was unfortunately killed, um, in front of his store in South LA, uh, over last weekend on Sunday. Um, and, Ever since then, I think it's been pretty devastating for the, the black community and for the hip hop community and for anybody who was interested in what Nipsey had um, going on, which was a lot. Um, he was not just a rapper. He was in his community. 
He um, owned businesses and um, property and real estate in his community. He was actively involved with youth in the uh, South LA community. Um, I know I was introduced to him as a rapper slash, you know, community worker. Like when I was out in LA, I know people that have worked with him in the community. And I would say the music more so probably just, I don't know, Spotify, you know, just listening to what was, what was the latest. Um, from like when I lived out in LA a few years back um, to now. And I mean, he was overall just doing his thing. You know, if you can think of a rapper or anybody that's out there that has a large platform, he was making the most of it and maximizing his celebrity, if you will, and his access and his reach and overall just really devastating, you know, loss for the community. So um, we definitely wanted to get into a few different questions around how, you know, how we deal with loss and, and what's it like on the other side, not just in the situation with Nipsey, which is obviously, you know, the topic right now, but also in our more personal lives. Um, so I'm going to lead off with the first question. Um, so why do you believe there's so much chaos during times of loss and do you think there's a way for us to mitigate that you know it's like in in the case of nipsey hustle he passes away and you start to see a lot of chaos on social media which is you know like what's new but obviously like a heightened sense of chaos and then on a in a regular you know regular or a more personal situation um, where you might lose uh, a close family member, it seems like the the rest of the immediate family or that one extra layer of family becomes chaotic. You know, how do we, why do you feel like it's so chaotic during times of loss and, and how do we find ways to work around that? Well, I feel like it's chaotic because no matter what's going on, um, Death is not something that we can totally prepare for. Mm -hmm. And even though, you know, with the instance of like both of, you know, like my mom and my grandma, when they both passed, mm -hmm. um, we all knew that it was coming and we all knew that it was going to happen. We just didn't know what day, what time, but mm -hmm. we knew it was coming. But even with us knowing there was no, you can, there's no real preparing for it, you know? Yeah. So I think that's why it's so chaotic because you can't, no matter what you do, no matter how much prepping you do. And my grandmother, for, for her, she prepped, she laid out all her, um, you know, what she wanted to happen. She even, mm -hmm. she paid for her funeral. She paid for everything. She had picked out her plot, all of that. She had it all put together, mm. but it, due to the fact that nobody really prepares for it and because it'd be such a loss it's such a hard thing um i think that's why it's so chaotic because you can't really prepare for it yeah it's no way to really grasp it because even when you know that that person is gonna go it's like well they're still here you know and you can't wrap your mind around what's gonna be like when they're not and then when they're not there it's like oh it happened yeah. and now I have to deal with it. Yep. 
this. And you never know how people are going to react because family members are crazy when stuff happens like that. You know, stuff mm-hmm. start. Ooh, some stuff that people normally wouldn't do, they start doing. And it's just like, it, it gets real messy real fast. Yeah. So I don't know how we could, you know, work around that. I don't, because you can't, um, I don't know. I don't know how you can work around that. You, you just got to work through it. I guess that would be my best suggestion yeah. for it. What yeah. No, I think that's that's a good call. You know, it's it's really hard to prepare for any death, even if it's so apparent that it's coming. Mm-hmm. And even in those instances, it's difficult. So, you know, it's difficult when it is unexpected. Right. Like yeah. like in the case um, with Nipsey Hussle. So I think a big part of it, too, though, is that it's interesting, like in society, we're not really given any sort of instruction or organization on grieving either. It's like, you know, I'm sure there were different times and there are different places, you know, outside of the United States where when you are ready to grieve, whether it's a shocking death or it was something that, you know, we kind of caught saw coming, um, you might have opportunities to leave the community or everything pauses and you know you just spend time grieving and if you're you know if you obviously are at a certain level or have a certain amount of money have a certain type of lifestyle um life setup you can take time to grieve maybe without being interrupted without feeling like life has to march on but i think that's the other part too a lot of people can't afford to take a ton of time off of work a lot of people can't afford to you know, be where a funeral or some sort of memorial service might be. Um, so there's just a lot of reasons why people don't even have the space and the opportunity to grieve. And it seems like that only contributes to the chaos. Because if you can't just like find the space and the time to cry it out or deal with it, you're just going to react or overreact or see the kind of things we see on so- that we've seen on social media all week long. So. But you know, also I feel like too sometimes, like again back to when my mom and my grandma passed, I didn't realize for my own personal being, I didn't realize that I didn't take the time to breathe. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that I didn't take the time to breathe for a second because, like you said, life goes on and you have to keep up, and life is so fast paced right mm-hmm. now that sometimes you can't slow down. Like you said, some of us cannot afford to take off work. Mm-hmm. And um, for me personally, I was actually off work. And um, I, was, I wasn't I was working. I was unemployed for the time being. And I, I don't know. I just, I found myself just crying for no reason. Like, I didn't know what was wrong with me. All I knew was this wasn't the normal me. Right. And I went and I started seeking counseling because I'm like, something isn't right. I just cry out of nowhere. Um, I don't want to get out the bed, like really depressive stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't understand it. And sometimes people who like me, I'm, I don't feel like I'm one of those people that's been depressed all my life. So I don't know what that feels like all the time. Yeah. So that was new for me and I was confused by it. So, um, I had to seek some help 
And I will have to say that one of the things that the counselor that I was uh, speaking with at the time, um, she said that, um, and this is what I tell other people when I find out that they're going through things or if their parents are, or if they had lost a parent or something like that, mm-hmm. or, you know, a family member or something that I tell them exactly what she told me. It's okay. And it is hard. And that it will never go away. You'll never get over it. Mm-hmm. But every day it'll get a little easier. And I have learned that that has been very true. I feel like for most, for the most part, um, When it comes to my grief, I still get sad. I still Mm -hmm. have hard days, you know, um, especially around September, definitely around Valentine's Day. Yeah. And the beginning of August, (laughs) it'd be like, and I didn't, and that was another thing too, like in the beginning, I didn't realize that around these times I would get sad. I would just be sad out of nowhere and I I wouldn't put two and two together like, oh, this is why I'm sad. Oh, this is you know, uh, this is the anniversary when this person passed, or this is around the time when that person passed. And um, I had to realize and be more aware of the time of the year for me because, you know, sometimes you just think, I'm on my period and I'm just being emotional, but sometimes it's a little bit more than that. And Mm -hmm. I had to realize that. And um, so (laughs) to not keep blabbing on, but... Again, it does it does get a little easier, but like she's like the woman told me, it never goes away. Like never. Yeah. But I think you brought up a, a great point, um, that a lot of people don't really get into enough. Um, honestly, whether it's loss or anything else in life, um, is actually seeking some counseling or some therapy. And I wonder if that would be something that would help people more if For instance, you know, if you have a legal issue, you're going to likely call a lawyer. If you have a medical issue, you're going to likely call a doctor. Like some people, I think maybe they do have like a pastor, you know, or a spiritual advisor that they might be able to go to if you're, you know, affiliated. Um, But yeah, for even people that don't even have those types of affiliations, like it would be probably beneficial to our community if people were more willing to be like, okay, I've lost somebody. Like, let me call my therapist or my counselor. And it was just something that because most people had one, it was an easy answer and an easy, um, immediate option. But, you know, unfortunately we probably still are a long way off from that. That's actually probably another topic for another day, but you know, something that could possibly, you know, help, with how we deal with the immediate, you know, grief afterwards. Um, Okay, so the next question, I mean, it's not too far off from the first, but just to kind of keep exploring this. So what's one key thing that family or maybe community doesn't consider after a devastating loss? Um, And we've talked a lot about not being really able to do anything to prepare or brace ourselves, but... You know, is there anything that you feel like maybe people didn't consider um, that we haven't already talked about after losing a loved one? Um, um I, I would, I, well, I can't think of anything that I can say, like, at this moment, like, personally, mm-hmm. but when, 
we had our little discussion the other day. Um, I think this kind of fits when we were talking about the Nipsey Hustle thing. I think people, um, especially now in the time of social media, I feel like a lot of people are very in. They try to post because they're posting what's trending. And mm. I feel like that kind of gets a little disrespectful when you didn't even know this man. You didn't know his music. You didn't know anything about him. You don't even know who he is, but because it's trending, mm-hmm. you're going to post something and then be like, oh, condolences to the family. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like that, to me, I feel like that's just a little disrespectful only because of the simple fact. But, I mean, I guess it's not too disrespectful because you are giving your condolences. Well, I think... Acknowledging it. What, what you saying? I said because they are kind of... They are acknowledging it. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, for me personally, I knew... I, I'm not saying I've been a fan from day one, but I knew of him because of his newest album that had came out, which right. I like a couple tracks off of. And yes. I knew that him and Lauren London were together, and I liked them as a couple. Mm-hmm. So for me, but even with me knowing the little bit that I knew of him, I didn't post anything on my social media because I just feel like I don't want... First of all, I don't want death all over my day on social media. That's one, because people die every day, B. And I don't want that all over my social media. And secondly, I feel like it's somewhat a a little bit of respect. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Because I feel like when things were going on on personally with family situations, I didn't like when certain people were posting about my mom or my grandma, especially when I hadn't. Ain't nobody seen nothing or heard anything from you in years. Yeah. And now you're crying tears and all this other. And not to take away that their relationship that they had with them, but it's like, man, when the stuff was hitting the fan, you was nowhere to be around me. Mm-hmm. But yet now you're right here and it's, oh, this. And now you posted all of this, that, and the third. And to me, I just feel like it's just somewhat disrespectful. So for me, that's why I didn't post anything because, granted, I feel like I, I was I felt a little uh, heavy hearted, but mm-hmm. I can deal with that on my own. I don't have to post it for the world to see for everybody to know. Like, oh, I feel bad. Like, yeah, I don't know. Well. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, I think you brought up a good point. You know, maybe it's not um, something personal, but definitely social media. It's like the community doesn't consider after a devastating loss that everybody processes things differently. And, you know, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts per usual um, already this week. And, you know, I've heard some really good points around people just doing the most on social media you know, right away. And we, like you mentioned, we talked about people that are just, that seemingly just post to post. And it's like, you, you are absolutely well within your right to post condolences, um, for anybody that passes away, but it does kind of take an interesting turn when it feels like people are only engaging in that conversation or saying something because it's the trending topic. Um, and I think that's a really good point because even family can engage in a loss when it feels like it's a trending topic and you are right, you know, you never know how close, you know, somebody was with a family member that you maybe had no relationship with, but it still can feel like it's just a lot and you're just, you know, flooding 
the the timelines with all of this sorrow when we weren't really sure you know how much you interacted with that person when they were alive if at all um so i think it's just being considerate in general maybe is like like even people there was debates going back and forth about whether or not oh po- you know tag lauren london and tell her you love her or you know then you have people saying leave her alone like yeah, I would probably venture to leave her alone. Like, you don't know what she's going through. You're not, you're just not considering that this person has to process what has happened. And the more space that you can give them, the better, especially if social media is involved. So, so I don't know. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, there's nothing you can really do to prepare for a loss. So the least that we can do is allow people the space and the opportunity to process things afterwards yeah Um, and i also feel like too like people those people that's posting something now they're not gonna post anything in a year from now two mm -hmm. years from now they're not gonna think about it because like like you said life goes on and you're not gonna think anything about it a year or two later yeah or if you do you're only posting because it came up in your your feed as a a memory (laughs) and everybody else is posting it now it's another trending topic but in real life you don't you done moved on from it hell you moved on from it when you made the post and posted it and you was over it two seconds later you know what i'm saying so for me personally i just feel like that's just slightly disrespectful a little bit you know people I just feel like when it comes to social media, people just have no boundaries. They have no boundaries, and they don't care. And it's like, like you said, people saying, well, they should reach out to Lauren London and give her love. Give her what love? You're not giving her love because it's not genuine. You're right. doing it because <laughs> you think it's the thing to do, and it's not. You don't give two hoots about that girl. Right. And you don't give two cares about his kids. So... Just keep that to yourself, fam. Like, that's just how I feel. That's just me personally. And I guess that's probably because how I felt going through my certain situations. Like, just stop with all the fake and phoniness. Yeah. Let's keep 100 here. Like, that's just, but that's my personality, though. So, and I know everybody isn't like that, but that's just me on a personal level. So. Well, I think that's fair, too. And I think, again, another key point is boundaries, you know? I think it's hard because some people, if they reach out to you, then 100%, you know, give them all the love and support that you can pour into them. But a lot of times people don't reach out and it's really hard to know when they are just, they don't know how, you know, to reach out to other people, even if they want to, or if they really just want some space and some time to themselves. So I think just being mindful of giving people and situations boundaries it would help so much, you know, in being considerate after a loss. But yeah, with social media, it's like it's a non-existent thing these days. Um, so that kind of takes me into the to the next question. Um, so it's it's kind of all around these days, you know, this these present times that we're in. We have a, a very special and and different experience with loss. Number one, you know. When somebody dies, we all find out at the same time immediately, right? Like, there's no longer this idea of news trickling out um, or having to wait for the nine o'clock news or the newspaper the next morning. Like, if something happens, you are going to immediately find out about it. 
Um, And that also kind of eliminates the time for people to really process or pay tribute or put any type of thought together. It, It just eliminates that and people just immediately start to spew their thoughts, their opinions, their final words. So, you know, these days, like people, they have evaluations and assessments of people that have recently passed away. And sometimes they can be contradictory, like for, you know, to what other people experience from that person. Like, for example, obviously a lot of immediate positive outpour for Nipsey Hussle and everything that he he did in the community, everything he had going on. But then, you know, I started to see rumblings of people from the LGBT community who, you know, were saying that he was a homophobic and, you know, they can't basically mourn the death of somebody who was a homophobe. And I was, you know, I was caught off guard. I did not know of him doing anything homophobic. Um, I was not aware of what he had said. And then somebody ran back, you know, the post from last year. It was basically a picture of a bunch of black men in suits, you know, and I think he said something along the lines of that being the image, you know, that is not um, actively or predominantly portrayed for black men, you know. Um, I don't know. I need to find the post so I can quote it correctly, but at the same time, I also don't want to, like, feed into that, but... Ultimately, that don't even sound homophobic at all because that sounds truthful to me. No, because it went on and he was like, you know, so let me let me find it then. Um, so yeah, it was an image of some black boys and men, um, you know, in suits or you know, just looking very communal. And he said something like along the lines of demonstration speaks louder than conversation. Um, they gonna feed us every image of our men and boys, but this one, no hyperviolent, no homosexual, no abandoners, just strong black men and young men. Respect to my big homie, big you one for leading this with love and intelligence. God is with us who can go against us. And, you know, I feel like, okay, check if you were offended by that because, um, for no reason. What? Because he come at the he didn't come at the gay community. It, that that I feel like that's a true statement because society nowadays they are pushing. If you look at a lot of stuff on TV, they are pushing the gay agenda. I'm not trying to change the topic, but I don't feel like <clears throat> what he said was anything homophobic at all. Just because he put it in there, that doesn't mean that he's against it. He's just saying that this is an image that they won't show because strong black men, they don't want our men to be strong. They don't want our black families to come together. That is, there is a real attack on the black male and the black family. And that's just what I believe. So, but um, back, I digress on that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so... um... I don't know if I 100% believe that there is one specific agenda um, over or that is a sole agenda. I'll put it like that. Um, I don't believe that there is an agenda that will push anybody to be gay because if you're gay, you're gay. If you're not, you're not. But that's what I believe. Um, But I also don't believe that that was the type of heavy handed 
comment that was meant to um, cause harm or disrespect um, in the type of way that a lot of other people are very deliberate in their disrespect of the LGBT community. So I think so. But for example, right, people saw that people believe that he was, you know, anti-gay, maybe at the least, whatever, homophobe at the most, whatever that is. And they felt like, you know, they didn't want to, they could not mourn for him, you know, in the way that other people could. I've also seen other examples, you know, for example, I had a professor who passed away. And when he passed away, a lot of people revocalized, and I'm very specific by saying revocalized, um, allegations and um, accusations that he was inappropriate with students when they were at the university. And people did say things, they did speak out and speak up, and ultimately nothing was done because he worked at the university until he died. So some people, you know, were vocal about the fact that he, um, you know, assaulted uh, students, you know, when he passed away and some people thought that was in poor taste to bring up because he had passed away but ultimately i do believe that people should be able to speak their peace when people die um but at the same time <clears throat> i think maybe the difference would be like you know that the, the professor he wasn't 100 years old but he was much older right and who knows what his day-to-day -day life was like right before he passed away or who he had become. I think with Nipsey Hussle, I I really felt sorry that, you know, that there was anything that he would have ever said that would make part of the black community feel alienated. But then I also just didn't want to believe that there wasn't hope for him to change his thoughts over the years because he was only 33 when he passed away. He was already doing so much good work in the community. He was really trying to be, I would say, the best version of who a person can be. And so I don't see that maybe 30 years from now, he would have had the same sentiments. Because somebody else brought up another good point, you know, about Jay-Z, you know, 10, 15, however many years ago, every other verse was no homo this, no homo that. Well, now he got honored by GLAAD. You know, the gay and lesbian, uh, I don't want to lie about what the rest of the acronym stands for, but, you know, they honor Jay-Z and Beyonce for their work in the LGBT community. And he also, you know, spoke openly about his mother being a lesbian. So there obviously was either it was just a change in word choice or maybe even a change in thought with him. But he also is almost 50 and he's had time, you know, so it's like. For him to say that, like I said, I didn't feel like that was um, something that was heavy handed to say. And I don't think that he meant the worst when he said it. But I understand that some people were offended by it. But I really I think that's the other unfortunate part about his untimely death is that I feel like 10 years from now or not even he would have been somebody that would have shown the type of growth and change and acceptance and even more people. And maybe he would have had the opportunity to, you know, speak differently um, about the community because 
again, kind of to your point, you know, we were maybe a little bit more secure in the community because we do have a lot of work to do in the black community. Black men do need a lot of love and guidance and support. Um, the And the black family needs a lot of love and guidance and support. But, you know, I would never th say that we should exclude, you know, the gay part of the community in a in a in an effort to do that. But I think also some people, just like you go from game banging to just rap into, you know, actually being actively involved in your community, it might take another set of time for you to be even more open and welcoming to people that you just don't know or you're not familiar with. But, you know, there's lots of different trains of thought. But what do you think is appropriate or okay? Or are there any boundaries on what you can say about somebody after they pass away and especially when it comes to what you're saying as a narrative about your thoughts on them on social media that's a good question um is that i believe that in the social media area there should be some boundaries but i don't think there is any i don't think there is any um as we can see with this whole michael jackson thing they just did yeah. a whole documentary on this man with these two young boys. Well, they grow men now, but now y'all want to do this after this man been gone how many years? So I feel like, no, there is no boundaries. And people love to just drag people through the mud if they can. Mm -hmm. um, but I feel like those who love those people... You just have to stay secure in that and you have to be, you know, just keep the memories that you have with that person very dear and close to you because people can say anything. They're going to say anything, especially depending on what their relationship was with the person who passed, mm -hmm. if they were bitter or whatever the case may be. Um, you just have to um, just hold on to what you know about that person. Because people can say anything, and they are just like I said with that Michael Jackson thing. I feel like, oh, now you want to say something? Like now you want to say that you were, um, you were defending him at that time because you were getting paid, or you were scared, or whatever. And these parents—that's <sighs> a whole other topic. But <laughs> no more parents and them letting the children run wild, Lord. That's been an ongoing theme. I have to talk about that that uh, um abducting and or abducted in plain sight that man put all that together because huh, but that's another topic but um <laughs> <laughs> but I I don't believe I I believe that nobody has any boundaries anymore um there's no such thing as boundaries people are gonna say what they want to say just like um with the Whitney Houston thing uh huh um, yep. Just like with the picture of her bathroom going on, whose album did that go on? Kanye. Um, no, not Kanye. It was a uh, Pusha T. He put it on Pusha T's album. Oh, he, he did. Paid for it. Oh, that's right. You know, Silly. it's like certain things. Now, granted, don't get it twisted. Like it, it's been ongoing jokes that you know. Michael Jackson played Slept with Little Boys, and it's been ongoing jokes that, you know, Whitney Houston was a crackhead. And I feel like 
forever and ever people are gonna always remember you as those things so i guess that's kind of why you need to watch how you carry yourself and watch yes. some of the things you do because you're represent your that <laughs> that's that, gonna it becomes your legacy and yeah. that's exactly what I was going to say. You know, it's like as unfortunate as is as it is that like one thought, one sentence change forever change some people's perception, you know, and that's what their driving narrative is of the legacy that they know or that they want to portray. As unfortunate as it is, if this, you know, as that professor, he was tenured and had been around forever. But, you know, for, for some people, unfortunately, your legacy is that you were a creep. And if you didn't want anybody to ever remember you that way, then you to your exact your exactly to your point, you should have carried yourself in the way that you wanted to be remembered while you were alive. And I think overall, you know, I think that's where I can still look at Nipsey Hussle and still feel like, you know what, this is somebody that deserves to be paid respects because as a and at a whole at a total level you know i think he intended to move in a positive way and i feel like he would have been somebody that would have been open to a dialogue to discuss why you know he's had the thoughts that he had um but it doesn't matter right it, it could be me or you or anybody else if i don't want people to remember me you know as being a low down you know hussy then I can't live my whole life as a low-down hussy to somebody and then think they're going to say something differently about me when I pass away. And there's no boundaries, right? There's no time limit. And But that, I think, yes, you were spot on. That calls a, that should um, send for a call or to have a sense of urgency about how you behave in this life because people will only remember you for what they know and if you and it's not if it's not just based on opinion but it's based off of how you treated them and the words you actually spoke you better be okay with being remembered for that forever because yeah. that could be the last words or actions you know that you actually have out there like i think joe jackson was a good example of people not faking the funk when he died we knew he was beating them jacksons up and down the street and gary we knew that he had put them children to work at a young age and beat them well into their teenage years and didn't help them deal with all the trauma that, you know, they went through making all that money for the family from a very young age. So I don't I didn't see a ton of people on the Internet, you know, uh, capping, as the children might say, and playing like, you know, it was rest in peace, Joe, Joe Jackson. I saw maybe one or two people who were a little bit older you know, who maybe were more old school in their thinking and their train of thought, you know, saw Mike Epps, who's from Indiana as well. Like there weren't that many people that were like, R.I.P. to Joe Jackson. You know, we just were kind of like, OK, he's gone. You know, and we kind of carried on quietly into the night. You know, it doesn't have to be disrespectful, but we know what it is at the same time. So we're not going to sit here and spin some lie um, to make him out to have been this this angelic person. When we know that wasn't really what it was. But, you know, I also feel like, too, I think that's the difference from now and back in the day. Because back in the day, you couldn't speak ill of the dead. Right. Somebody was a jerk and used to touch old girls and all that, and people knew about it. But that mm -hmm. was something that you wouldn't talk about. it. You wouldn't say anything, and don't you dare speak it. 
right. out loud and say anything about that person. Whereas now, people are very aware and they're very uh, straightforward about those things. So like, mm-hmm. oh, you did this, you did that. Oh, we're going to put that down. Because best believe, I'm not saying I'm putting this in the atmosphere, but if something was to happen to R. Kelly, you already know. Right. They know you know, he's the child of... He sleep with the kids. Like, it's going to be something that, you know, he's not going to just be gone as this, oh, he was a great R&B singer and right. he did all these great things. Yeah, those they're going to put those accolades out there, but they're also going to make sure that the world knows that he touched on these little girls and he slept with this girl. And yeah, the internet is very ruthless. And the people nowadays, and the, and the what are they, millennials? <laughs> now they, they're very ruthless and they're very blunt. They don't do things like how they used to back in the day. So that's, we're in a whole different time frame. So, yeah, if you want to be remembered a certain way, you need to live your life that way. That's right. Just try to make sure that uh, whatever you do, it don't get out on the internet and not too many people know about it. Right. Because <laughs> once that happens, it's a wrap. It's done. Um, but yeah, but yeah, so, you know, I thought about a few takeaways as I was asking the questions, and I think they're really important to kind of wrap this up. Um, number one, okay, so I think, well, I, I know, I saw one of um, my college mates, if you will, um, post that, you know, if there was a, a, sl- a silver lining you know, of all of this is that, that there were people that were saying that this hurts and it's okay for it to hurt. And and I thought that that was really important to note. You know, there were a lot of people that felt impacted. They were outwardly devastated and just really heartbroken about this. And it's okay if it hurts. And I think that's a good thing because that shows that we have progress in our collective response to things and I feel like we had gone too long just, you know, seeing people pass away and knowing that people were passing away and nobody was really having any sort of reaction to it. Like when Triple X died, you know, um, it was unfortunate because just like we were just saying, you know, if you want to be remembered a certain way, you need to behave a certain way. But he also was a very young man. And I feel like people really showed out on the Internet when he passed away, like right away. Um, just in a an egregious way. And so it was as though it didn't even hurt anybody, you know, that he passed away. And so to see people react differently and show that this really hurts, um, likely because, again, of the way he carried himself in his lifetime, it was just good to see that people still have emotions, you know, when things happen and we're not just rigid we're not robots and we need to be moved emotionally when we move when we lose important people in this lifetime um and we're most impacted when we lose somebody that truly had an impact on us and in our community and they were really trying to do positive things and i think it's important that we really try to work on continuing the legacy and I know that will that is already starting in L.A., you know, that's already starting in certain circles and certain communities. <clears throat> but I think it's just the perfect time for us to say, OK, if you took anything away from who this person was revealed to be, if you knew if you knew nothing about him, 
before his passing, let this be an opportunity for you to start trying to work on doing more important things in the community and continue his positive legacy. And then the last thing, you know, for those parts of, of a family or the community that might feel forgotten because, you know, they were marginalized or people didn't believe them when they said that they were hurt by somebody when, when they were alive um, and that person's now recently deceased, you know, we, we will continue. We need to continue to love and support people. And, and that's why I said, you know, at least for me, like, all right, I'm not going to let it turn into a war about it being an agenda or anything like that, because I really, I stand by the fact that I don't think he meant, you know, to have an opinion that led to malicious intent. Um, but, you know, we can't change what he said now. And I support communities that, you know, are marginalized and that need support. And, you know, hopefully we'll just try to continue to do better as we go forward and, and try to be inclusive of everybody, especially in the black community, you know, because it's hard enough being black by itself. Once you're a black woman or a black gay person or a black trans person or, you know, a black person with a record or a black person who didn't grow up with no resources and you're poor, like it's not easy out here in any way. So let's just try to continue to love each other as much as we can. So true. I got one real quick for a little wrap up. Mm -hmm. Black people, let's talk. <laughs> okay. And this is one thing that white people do, but us as a black community, we don't do it. We don't prepare. Not saying that any preparing that you do is going to make anything easier, mm -hmm. but one, make sure you have your kids down as your beneficiaries. Have beneficiaries. Have life insurance policies, people. And so people can bury you and they have money to put you in the ground. Mm. You don't have to be waiting for the church to raise money. Um, mm. Not only that, but I know black people don't typically want to think about death, but you have to prepare. And one of the reasons why I feel like you, one of the things I learned with my grandmother mm -hmm. was she paid for all hers. So when her life insurance policy came out, Nobody touched that, but who was supposed to touch it? Mm -hmm. And black people, please know that these funeral homes, <laughs> it's a business, baby. They ain't worried about you. Right. And when they find out how much you got in that life insurance policy, please believe that they clocking that money and they're trying to figure out because one of the things that they do is they take advantage of your grief. Yes. So you thinking that you're going to only pay this little $10,000 for this uh, funeral? No, baby. And they know you got over a hundred grand. They want all of that. They Oof. want all of it. And they're going to find a way to take it. So, black people, please prepare. Go put your kids on beneficiaries. Please go get on life insurance policies. If you don't want to be cremated, I mean, if you don't want to be put in the ground because that's expensive and you want to be cremated and you want to save your family money, put that in writing. Mm -hmm. Have meals, have things in place, and make sure. The person that you know put people in place so they know hey if something was to happen to me go here 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 look at this this and this i have it laid out this is what i want yeah because a lot of the times that's one of the reasons why there is so much chaos because people don't know what to do they just doing the best they can and and you can only imagine if you have no life insurance policy if there is no policy 
you have to pay for all of these things out of pocket. Yeah. Very expensive. Very expensive. So please, I urge all black people to put your ducks in a row and those who have to deal with it, just breathe and be okay and know that you're going to get through it and don't let people take advantage of your grief. Mm-hmm. And when you're done and that, that funeral is over, don't hold it against people that said, oh, if you need me, I'm going to be here because please believe they're probably not. And it's okay. It's okay. Know that it's okay that they're not going to be there and they were just saying what needs to be said at that moment. So don't hold it against them. Move on and also take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. If you need to go to counseling, if you need to go to therapy, if you need someone, go seek it. Seek the help that you need. And it's okay if you have to see more than one counselor because every counselor is not going to be embraced. Every counselor don't know how to deal with what you got going on. So it's okay to shop around. Counselors are just yeah. like like shoes or clothes. You got to figure out what fits you. And it's okay with that. And black people, it's okay to find therapists and counselors. It's okay. So that's my takeaway and that's my advice. That's great advice. That is actually great advice. Um that we that we definitely could have explored more when we were talking about the chaos but I, it's very true and definitely a great point when it comes to funeral homes um life insurance wills all of the above um and then just having your ducks in a row you know it again made me think of nipsey hustle you know he he owned all of his masters so if you want to find a way to support him or his family his loved ones his children then go listen to a nipsey song today go go download an album go buy it go stream um victory lap on itunes um spotify anywhere you know it's grammy nominated body of work uh so it's not like you are um gonna hear anything less than excellent so i i was definitely rocking it i think that was the thing too you know again it was like he was riding the highest wave that you can ride as an artist his his album was up for album of the year um and it was really you know what highly regarded um it was one of the albums that a lot of my homeboys and my friends and people that you know host podcasts that i listen to that was their number one album of the last year and i was not i could not argue with anybody who said that it was so um it's a great album so go check it out um, if you want to get a taste of um, his music, if you had never listened to him before. And hey, you know, you again are also supporting him and his family because he had his ducks in a row <laughs> and he owned his master. So when the music's playing, he's getting paid and his family's getting paid. So, so yeah, um, again, you know, like we said, obviously heavier topic but something that we had planned to talk about at some point anyway and just felt appropriate so um rest in peace nipsey um rest in peace to all of our loved ones that we've lost um especially those have that have recently lost family members um i I think you were right about you know kind of understanding when people may not stick around or step in when they say that they will but you know also um, let's all work again to love on each other and support people that are, are grieving and um, reach out in, in simple but loving ways when we can. So, 
So that's that. Um, we'll move off that and move on to the Hey Girl Hey. Hey Girl Hey. Okay, so it's it was kind of hard to find you no know, topics that did not uh, have anything to do um, with Nipsey this week, uh, but just a couple here. So I see Chicago got a new mayor, Miss Lori Lightfoot. First black woman. First mayor. Yes. So, um, do you have any insights on the new mayor? Like, what's what's popping in the city? Uh, we know anything that Miss Lori Lightfoot gonna be doing? Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know I am the wrong person to come to about the politics. <laughs> no, I really don't, and I um I feel very ashamed that I don't. Um, that's all right, girl. You out there in the suburbs, man. So I know you might not. You know, you didn't vote in the in the election. No, I didn't. I was I was at work. Uh, well, but I, but I don't even live in the city of Chicago anyway, so. Right, we're not gonna use that work excuse because I'm gonna need you to vote <laughs> when it's time to vote. Fuck yeah, the job. Right. Well, you know, maybe we'll do a little research on Miss Lori and and see what she got popping. Um, but definitely historic, you know, to see um uh the first black female mayor of the city of Chicago. So pretty dope. Um, also. Uh, all right. So, I mean, if you know me personally, um, at this point, you know why this hurts me. Uh, that's, we'll leave it at that. But I mean, I gotta announce it because at the same time, it's my girl. Beyonce signed a deal with Adidas, um, to put out a line of footwear and clothing and- I dropped them. She dropped that deal because she said there wasn't enough diversity for her. No. So Beyonce signed with Adidas, but she was shopping some brands and she had a meeting with Reebok. Uh, and Reebok pitched um, a line to her and she asked if that was the team she'd be working with. And they said yes. And she said, there's nobody that has my background or looks like me. So she did not go with Reebok. She went oh, with... Okay. Adidas. So Ivy Park and Adidas are now um, going to be a thing um, for you girls that can get into that. Good for you. Um, it's it's a real thing. It's happening. So, But I ain't gonna lie, you know, Adidas has been kind of popping lately though. Like, I, I have been really, so I got a couple pairs. Well, <laughs> I bought me a couple pairs. So I'm like, this is hot. Like, well that sounds great and we'll we'll leave it at that um yeah but that's cool you know i still stand beyonce so that won't change um kudos um let can we take a few minutes like and have a little bit of megan the stallion appreciation like i have been getting all up into the megan the stallion the past several weeks now megan who is this megan the stallion is a rapper she is from houston texas um she is like a true like female version of a houston rapper with her flow 
but she is out here basically telling all the boys that you cannot handle me. You know, Megan is tall. She is thick. She is twerking. She is going to school and getting a degree as well as pursuing her rap career. Um, she is freestyling, giving us, you know, rhymes. Girl, I will send you all the Megan after we get off the line. You know, one of her aliases is Tina Snow. And okay. she she be going hard on a hoe. She be okay. in the mall with your motherfucking daddy. And I'm just here for it all. I love it. And I need that, you know, because sometimes you be needed. Because, you know, I'm, I'm such an R&B dude, but I've messed with the, all the R&B. But sometimes you need a little hard-hitting shit to, you know, get you out and be like, bitch, I'm that, you know, you just need that sometimes. So yes. I feel like, you know, you got to feed me that. Because I feel like as of lately, the, the person that I've been getting that from was like Cash Doll, but I okay. feel like that she's coming kind of like into mainstream. It ain't as ratchet. You know what I'm saying? You know, again, another one. A Cash Doll, I'm not going to lie, don't know the music very much, but that is a beautiful woman. I mean, she's so pretty. Every and time I see her. She is so pretty and her hair is so long. And I think her body is actually real, honestly. That's the other thing. Megan's body is real as well. So, um, yeah, I'll need, I need to listen to some, to some cash doll. I'm going to send you the Megan Thee Stallion. Um, yes, I'm just here for the female rappers. There's a ton more, um, Kari Foe. I definitely got into her after watching Insecure and Issa Rae had some of her songs on the soundtrack. She's good. She's out of like Little Rock, um, Rico Nasty, I'm a popping ass bitch. Let me remind you, that's that's my that's my girl right there too. Taco Bella, shout out to her. There's lots of female rappers that are really doing the damn thing right now, and I'm just I'm all about it. I'm here for it. I guess that means I need to get on my title app because I be at work watching Netflix. I need to be on. <laughs> you and this damn Netflix at work. What you watching now, girl? Um. Why did I watch that stupid T.I. just released a, a movie it's to Netflix called Trap. Him and Mike Epps. Girl, I watched that dumb movie the other day. Is it Actually, a is it a comedy? Yes, but it's so it's it's not funny though. I think it would only be funny if you was like uh, a little lifted watching it. <laughs> and that, it's not funny. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I didn't know that was a release. So maybe I'll add that to my to my watch list. Um, if you got time to waste, then you ain't got nothing else to do. <laughs> but yes, um, yeah, you know, I'll send you some of these female rappers to get into. I know I gotta catch up on some too. I know Saweetie put out new music. I mean, the city girls, you know, they've been doing their thing. One or the city girl. Why do we get to keep calling them city girls while that girl's still in jail? <laughs> because, look, she out here getting this money while the other one locked up because, look, she ain't about to miss this opportunity. Oh, <sighs> I mean, I... One monkey don't stop no show. i never seen somebody as weary as Young Miami in my life. I mean, that girl be on the stage. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Like, I can't wait for this to clock out of this bitch, like... She looks like it is a shift, and she did not want to clock in tonight. Girl, that's because 
and she doing both day jobs. She's singing both. She's having both parts. <laughs> she doing two jobs. <laughs> Oh man, I need to find a little video and be like, when they fire your part, your uh, coworker, and now you got to do both jobs, and then show her ass walking around that stage all lazy like she be doing. Girl, <sighs> yes, she she over here doing both day jobs while the other one locked up, and she not trying to miss no money because she needs the bag, and I understand. By all means, hey, homie, you locked up, but I'm going to get this money while, while you in there. <laughs> but just know I'm going to get a little bit of a bigger cut because I'm for real, for real out here working. I don't know, man. She ain't the rapper of the two, though, so we'll see. We'll see how. She not. She not. And that's the funny part, too, though. But it's like, what you supposed to do? Y'all, y'all, you done put this music out. Y'all done hit a little hot spot. You can't just sit on it. You can't sit. <laughs> she'll be a fool to sit. I'll be talking about it if she was sitting, especially while you talking about how you gonna run up all these men and take they back. Three better get out here and get your own. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, <gasps> I mean, so that was just a little, you know, female rapper appreciation moment. Um, lots of girls hot on the scene right now. Check for them, check them out, um, listen to them and Nipsey. That's that's your required listening um, for the next couple of weeks. So hopefully we'll have better days ahead of us. Uh, we'll continue to hold hands and hug and love on each other. Um, love each other while we're still here. That's key. Yes. While we're still here. Yes. You know, champion, you know, your, your brethren, um, anybody you see doing good things in the community, you know, let's, Let's continue to call out, you know, those around us that are that are making things happen. So, so yeah, but yeah, so I think we have arrived at the uh, end of the show. Anything else you that you would like to share? No, not at this moment. I think I shared all of my good stuff. Okay, <laughs> all I right. but I do want to say this, cousin. I love you very much. You know, we in the home of the states and all of the other good stuff, but. If, I, if you was there, I would give you a big old hug. Yes, I love you too. I love you too, and I hug you. Uh, I hug you back, and I and I give you a, a kiss on the cheek through the phone. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, okay, guys, you can find us on Instagram at my cousin's keeper podcast. Check us out there. Um, if you are on the Book of Faces with all the saints that uh, keep up over there, we are at My Cousins Keeper Podcast. So, um, yeah, like, subscribe, uh, follow, engage. Yes, what please. Start sending us some something through, you know, our um, check our DMs. Yeah. Let us know what's up. And we do appreciate the few of y'all that we got. We got about like 60, 70 people that actually listen to us. Karada us. Yes. So thank you. We appreciate y'all listening. And if we could, we would hug y'all too. Yes. Thank you guys for listening. Sincerely. Um, we really appreciate the feedback. We appreciate the love. We appreciate any kind words you've had about what we got going on. So uh, we're going to try to keep it up and co keep connecting and, and keep this ball rolling. So maybe next time we'll make sure to keep it on a, a lighter note, you know, 
um, with our with our topic. But I'm so glad that we got to uh, explore this this evening. I felt like that was, you know, a little therapeutic. But you know, until until next time, I will uh, talk to you later. I am Jacqueline Renee, and I'm Danielle. Good night. Oh. All right. Good night. Thank <laughs> you.